Hey there, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. Hillary Clinton is now the Democrats' presumptive nominee for president. That's according to account by the Associated Press. We're here to talk a bit about what this news means for the Democratic race, just ahead of big primary votes in six states, including California. I'm Scott Detrow. I cover the campaign. I'm Domenico Montanaro, political editor. I'm Mara Liason, national political correspondent. And we should mention that California, New Jersey, and four other states go to the polls Tuesday. Right now, it's about 10 o'clock on Monday night. I'm here at NPR headquarters. Domenico and Mara, you are at the comfort of your own homes. And Domenico, <laughs> you have been the hashtag because math guy all along. So help me understand this. Nobody voted tonight. What happened? Yeah, I'm not sure how my English major uh, qualifications got me to be the math guy, but such is life. huh? Um, no, look, the fact is tonight that Hillary Clinton uh, was able to cross the threshold to 2,383 delegates that she needed because the Associated Press has been doing a comprehensive, thorough canvassing of all of those superdelegates, 714 of those unpledged party leaders and elected officials. And they were able to find 23 more tonight who are able to come out and publicly declare for Hillary Clinton, putting her right at that 2383. And boy, that's kind of controversial, isn't it? It is. And I think we will talk about that at length here. But uh, first, let's take a listen to Hillary Clinton, who spoke earlier tonight in California. I got to tell you, according to the news, we are on the brink of a historic, historic, unprecedented moment. But we still have work to do, don't we? We have six elections tomorrow, and we're going to fight hard for every single vote, especially right here in California. Samara Lyson, how historic is this? It's historic. She will be the first female nominee of a major American political party. And eight years ago, she said she put 18 million cracks in the glass ceiling, and finally, she busted through it altogether. But isn't this a little bit anticlimactic? I mean, Hillary Clinton was just short of getting the delegates she needed. She planned a big event for tomorrow night, expecting to go over the top when New Jersey voted, when people were actually at the polls. Does this take away from it a little bit to have this done by AP reporters calling up superdelegates? I think it does. It's a little premature. And she tweeted earlier in the evening, we're flattered, AP, but we have primaries to win. And her campaign manager also said, look, we want to we're going to go through these votes tomorrow night. And the Sanders campaign, of course, is saying that the AP's ruling was unfortunate, a rush to judgment. She doesn't have the right number to secure the nomination. So I think that both campaigns really wanted to abide the event. Even Bernie Sanders in a press conference earlier today said, after California votes, we'll assess where we are. Let me just talk to you after uh, the, um, the primary here in California, where we hope to win. Let's assess where we are after tomorrow before we uh, make statements uh, based on speculation. I just think this was jumping the gun. This was jumping the gun, I think, for both campaigns. And Domenico, Bernie Sanders' campaign has been uh, frustrated with the way that superdelegates factor into the process all along, (laughs) saying that... uh, You think? (laughs) To put it mildly... That's yeah. something we've talked about here and there on the podcast well, over look, the last here's, few Here's months. the thing, right? I mean, like at the beginning of this process, they said that superdelegates shouldn't matter at all, that it was the pledge delegate count that we all had to pay attention to. So we went and split out superdelegates and pledge delegates because the Sanders campaign point 
was that because Hillary Clinton had such a huge lead with superdelegates, unseen in history uh, since 1984 when superdelegates came on board, that it was unfair to judge this race based on uh, you know a huge lead already for Hillary Clinton and that we needed to look at those pledge delegates. Well, here's the thing. Hillary Clinton is, has a significant lead in that pledge delegate count. And when it became clear that Bernie Sanders could not win with pledge delegates because, he, because of how proportional allocation works, suddenly they moved the goalposts. They started to talk about superdelegates now needing to count and how superdelegates should change to Bernie Sanders because he's the most electable candidate. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, superdelegates didn't count for them before. Now they do. She's winning with pledge delegates, and that doesn't seem to matter uh, to Sanders and his campaign manager. Mara, uh, I think the frustration and the viewpoint of the Sanders campaign is kind of uh, captured in the statement they issued tonight. So let me read some of that and get your reaction to it. Uh, so here it is. Secretary Clinton does not have and will not have the requisite number of pledge delegates to secure the nomination. She'll be dependent on superdelegates who do not vote until July 25th and who can change their minds between now and then. They include more than 400 superdelegates who endorsed Secretary Clinton 10 months before the first caucuses and primaries and long before any other candidate was in the race. First of all, what do you make of this argument? Well, what I think this argument is really interesting. By the way, that statement went on to say, our job from now until the convention is to convince these superdelegates that Bernie is by far the strongest candidate against Donald Trump. Until in other the words, convention. What, yes. What they want to do is tell these superdelegates that they should abandon Hillary Clinton and switch over to Bernie Sanders. Now, they're saying overturn the will of the voters in your state and come over to Bernie Sanders because they claim he's the stronger candidate. So they've really gone from one extreme to the other. First of all, saying superdelegates were somehow undemocratic because they were elected officials who automatically became delegates. Now saying that the superdelegates should overturn the popular vote. She's got three million more votes, actual votes, than Bernie Sanders does. So that's what he's left with. It would take 70, about 72 percent of the superdelegates to switch over to Sanders to put him up to 2,383 mm. delegates. Mara, it's worth pointing out we are having this conversation in early June. I mean, Bernie Sanders really surprised everybody with the strength of his campaign, with, with the popular support that he gathered, and how far he came. No doubt about it. He has had a huge, huge impact on the Democratic Party. Nobody expected that he'd go this far or get as many votes as he did or win as many states as he did. He's uh, tapped into something real and big in the Democratic Party. He captured the imaginations of a whole generation of young voters. He moved the party to the left. He moved Hillary Clinton to the left on Social Security, on Medicare, on trade, on the Keystone Pipeline. He has had a big, big impact. And uh, today, though, there was something different. There was a new tone out of Bernie Sanders when he gave his press conference. He said, we're going to assess where we are. He didn't say we're going to automatically fight to Philadelphia. Uh, we think the system is rigged. No, he said, we're going to assess where we are. So for the first time, I thought I heard him saying, hmm, you know, he entertained the possibility maybe he's going to be beat. And, and that and was a less combative tone after yes. several outlets reported that he had had a one-on-one -on -one phone call with Barack Obama. Domenico? Right. I think that's that's the thing there that you, you see several outlets reporting that the president talked to Bernie Sanders. The White House 
would not deny that uh, when I talked to them, talked to an official there today, uh, saying that they won't talk about uh, conversations that are ongoing with candidates. So clearly there are conversations that are happening. And I think Mars right. You did see a different Bernie Sanders. He said that he would reassess after uh, what happens tomorrow. And I think that this announcement tonight kind of pulled the rug out from under him a little bit from where he was maybe moving psychologically to say, okay, well, let's see how this goes. And then all of a sudden, you know, the one thing that's been really bothering him and their supporters, the two things, the media and superdelegates, and they both seem to uh, conspire uh, against him to, to be able right. to put her over but the top. But what's interesting is, is, is Hillary Clinton was not rubbing salt in his wounds. I mean, no. she was reacting almost the same way. I don't think she was happy that the AP did this. Well, because she, she wanted to go through the process have her victory party and win it as fair and square right. as possible. Well, it's the, really the important for the person who loses to feel they lost fair and square. That's true. And Hillary Clinton and the Clintons, they like to have things neat. I mean, they don't want this process to be something that's just sort of willy nilly. And to talk about that moment, the big moment that this is for women, uh, I'm sure the Clinton campaign would rather have Hillary Clinton be able to uh, have a, a, you know, a real prepared speech uh, at an event of their choosing rather than Mm-hmm. something that's thrown on them at this point. Uh, Mara, we, we had the plane up at the 30,000-foot uh, view of the Bernie Sanders campaign. Let, let's pull it back up there and, and talk about Hillary Clinton for a minute because she's she's the presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party. This is something that she thought she would get eight years ago. It's been a real up-and-down eight years since Hillary Clinton dropped out of the Democratic race in 2008 after coming in second to Barack Obama at a much closer margin and actually winning the popular vote. Much closer margin. You know, she said today in an interview, she said we were about tied in the popular vote. I think she was actually ahead of Barack Obama eight years ago. Of Obama. She was uh, 273,000 votes ahead. Yeah, you're right. But she was only 69 delegates behind him. Mm -hmm. But it was a different situation then. She wanted a future in the Democratic Party. We don't think Bernie Sanders is motivated by that. He's not even a Democrat. And she did endorse Barack Obama, went on to be his secretary of state. And she actually, in terms of up and down, it was pretty much straight up from then for her because she became the most popular female politician in America. And she had very, very high approval ratings, which have begun to come down as soon as she became a politician again and began running for office, which is understandable. But Here she is. She's going to break through the the ultimate glass ceiling and become the first female nominee of a major American political party. But she goes into the general election with very, very high negative ratings and majorities of voters saying she's not honest and trustworthy. I mean, we got a lot to think about here. But all that being said, we still got six states voting tomorrow. Uh, Domenico, what does this do, if anything, to tomorrow's primaries? Well, you know, I mean, it takes a lot of the air out of them, obviously. Uh, we knew that we expected her to cross the line, uh, you know, starting at the poll close times. But, you know, most voters would be heading to the polls during the day, not knowing any kind of result like that. That's why I think you saw that urgency tonight from the Clinton campaign and from the Sanders folks to say, you know, there's still six states to go and you have to allow people the chance to go vote. I mean, when you've got basically a nomination called, then it makes it difficult. But I think this, the Clinton people really want to win California. They want to be able to say that they won this big, diverse state with the most pledged delegates, 475 delegates there. You know, when Bernie Sanders has been saying all along, 
that, you know, this is the big enchilada, he called it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if she can win there, I think this, the Clinton campaign was hoping that that would allow him psychologically to come to sort of a landing place and you know, take some time to figure out what he wants to do and uh, create some unity so that the party could come together to defeat Donald Trump. Right, because Mara, we've we've talked about how improbable this, this path that Bernie Sanders has sketched out where he ends up as the nominee, but... Uh, if he loses California to Clinton tomorrow, that kind of pops that balloon already. Doesn't I think it? it does. His whole premise of presenting a case to the superdelegates, why they should abandon Hillary Clinton and go to him, is that he would say, look at all these big states we just have won. Of course, she won the same thing at the end. She won a lot of states at the end of 2008. But that was the rationale for his argument. And I think if he doesn't win California, he'll have to reassess. So, so given um, the dynamics here of, of kind of hoping that Bernie Sanders w- would concede in a graceful way, uh, given the events that she was planning for Tuesday night, Domenico, is this like the, the least welcome uh, clinching of a nomination ever? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're on this anticlimactic train, right? But look, here's the thing. She's going to have her event tomorrow night. Uh, in the same way that they would have had. And you have to remember, not everybody's like us, you know, where we're sitting here, uh, you know, taping a podcast and writing digital posts and uh, (laughs) updating shows on radio and trying to, you know, get our hands around every minute detail. A lot of people, you know, frankly, probably went home, had regular, uh, you know, dinner with their family, maybe took a look, saw our NPR alert, hopefully, and then went about their business. Tomorrow night, they'll get to see the full show, the full display. You'll see Hillary Clinton talk. You'll see what Bernie Sanders winds up having to say, although he's not expected to talk until after midnight. All right. Well, you after know, all- the, the problem is that the AP announcement didn't come with any confetti. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants balloons. Well, we will be back after all the voting and the speeches and probably some confetti Tuesday night or early Wednesday telling you what happened and what that means. Until then, more coverage is at nprpolitics.org. And, of course, on your local public radio station. I'm Scott Detrow. I cover the campaign. I'm Domenico Montanaro, political editor. I'm Mara Liason, national political correspondent. And thanks for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast. Mm-hmm.